0: I think he's also nervous about the woke left coming for him. (laughs) All right, welcome to the 47th episode of Clubhouse Combos. It's your host, Colin. This week, as usual, joined by my good friend, Evan. How are you today, good buddy? Good,
1: Colin. Good to be back in person with you.
0: Yes, it's always a pleasure. Newman, munching on a snack after a long day of work. How are you, buddy? <laughs> I mean, I
2: literally walked off the bus not five minutes ago, so I'm munching through some Airhead Extremes. That
0: shit's so good. Gas, gas, <laughs> not better than the Starburst sours though that I was telling you about last night. Unreal. Yes. <laughs> uh, Dan, looking handsome in that nice white sweatshirt. How are you today, buddy? Or is it cream? I, um, I I would say it's a
3: cream actually.
0: Um, but I'm
3: good. Uh, long day. Woke up early. Uh, football team had a six o'clock yoga session
0: oh uh, no. <laughs> shout That's out tom awesome. brady flyability baby
1: yeah
3: <laughs> so, weekly yoga sessions for the football team here but um so woke up at six had not no class until one o'clock Boom. Um, oh. and then this wow. pod so did you go back to bed after <laughs> yoga uh, i kind of just laid down I, I, I can't really go back to sleep once i wake up
0: yeah yeah i'm the same way all right let's uh let's get into some sports talk here we'll go to power rankings as usual this is our nba midseason review podcast so unfortunately it's going to be nba heavy uh you know none of us really enjoy the sport much but uh gotta cover it for the fans so let's go to nhl first and dan you can give us our rankings Yes,
3: sir. Um, so as you said, starting with the NHL, uh, for the second time, uh, we have the Colorado avalanche coming in at number one, uh, and that is followed by the Florida Panthers at two Carolina hurricanes at three, uh, Tampa Bay lightning at four New York Rangers at five, the Pittsburgh Penguins at six, the Toronto Maple Leafs at seven, uh, the Minnesota wild at eight Nashville predators at nine and the St. Louis blues at 10. Um, I believe when I actually made the post, Excel gave the tiebreaker to Toronto, but I can't confirm that. I don't remember. But um, yeah, just I think you're note. right. Yeah, but the notes I have written down um, the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, they're currently they're 27, 11, and eight, third in the Metro. Um, they're 6 1 and 3 in their last 10, but they're currently on a four game losing streak. Um, So we kind of last pod to talk them up and they've lost their last four uh, coming into this pod, Uh, Minnesota wild. I kind of considered moving up even higher than I have them right now. Um, They're currently on a five game win streak. And then I'll kind of let this guy talk about why he gave this team a vote, but the Calgary flames received a vote by Mr. Evan Mullings. Um, And I guess I'd like to know why you gave them a vote.
1: Yeah. So, um, kind of the reason that they're not, I guess, uh, high up in the standings is just because uh, they haven't played many games, uh, as compared to everybody else. Um, and I was watching this team, uh, a little bit, I kind of watched some of their highlights in their last couple of games. Um, they won two straight, uh, but I like their goaltending a lot. I know Newman loves marks from now seven shutouts on the season. So they're really, uh, Really pristine on the back end there. Uh, they played 41 games. Uh, they have 50 points. Uh, the division leader, Vegas, has 57. Um, I, I just like kind of the, the way that they're trending. Um, and, again, like, I like their offense. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau with an overtime goal uh, last time out. And uh, I think they're a team I would not be surprised if we saw um, maybe even reach number one in the Pacific Division uh, soon. Um when they start to get these games, I mean, 41 games, the Anaheim Ducks have 48 games um, and they're five points up. I just think uh, they're going to be a team on the rise. So I'll put them in here a little bit early.
0: I'd say to Calgary as well, 30 plus 30 in the goal differential. So it's the best in the division, better than Vegas, Anaheim and LA only have plus four, which is not very good. Um, I got no problem with Calgary in for Evan. I just, I think there are other better teams right now that I didn't want to put Calgary in over, but I think it's a great point with the goaltending. I mean, seven shutouts from Markstrom. Vladar has been very, very good. He has a shutout. So I can see why Calgary's in there, but for me, it was just uh, better teams. And
1: there was uh, there was also a recent game where they did uh, put up seven on Bennington, made him look silly. I think Kachuk had like five or six points. He's a superstar in that game um, as well. I left out Nashville. Yeah, I mean, tough, bo- to leave tough, to that, li- so. tough to leave them out. I think they're obviously 11 for me, Boston probably 12. So for me. Newman? Um,
2: well, I'm, I'm sad to see you guys leave out the Bruins. I still think they're top 10 worthy. They pulled off a nice win, an ugly win last night, I'll say, against Seattle. Um, Scully having Pittsburgh above Tampa really hurts my soul, but – Pittsburgh has just
0: been so hot I will say I didn't know they had lost four in a row um, but they've been very 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 good I think they deserve to be that high the goaltending's been really good they're finally healthy now I watched them play the other day against the Kings I watched them in the third period and like this this is a team that can score goals at will like they will score goals late in games when they need to they were down 3-1 3-1 and then 4-2 they scored back or sorry 3-1 they scored brian ross twice uh within the span of five minutes to make it 3-3 they end up losing 4-3 um but again like la is in the playoffs right now it's a good team you can't win every game i just think pittsburgh's playing really well right now i like them a lot no that's fair dan if you want to sort by the uh, the average real quick it seems that we have just copied my rankings <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh my god! Except for the Bruins, yeah, <laughs> wow, that's funny. That is funny. Jeez. I saw Florida as my number one. uh I understand Colorado playing so well right now. They did lose last night to Arizona, broke their uh win streak, win streak at home too, I believe. Yep, nineteen games, this um, is a, a amazing streak. But Florida just go- scored the most goals in the month of January in NHL history, as Evan so kindly sent to the chat. Uh, They're a fucking juggernaut, dude. They are a wagon. Lost last night. They did. the Rangers. Spencer Knight has not been very good. Another wagon, the Rangers. Kind of pains me to have them outside my top five, but... um, I know. Pittsburgh's hot. Yeah, I think the rankings are good. I think we kind of have our top 12 to 13 teams. I think Vegas will make an appearance eventually. Yeah. but, yeah, I think they're clear-cut playoff teams in the NHL right now.
1: Just one more thing before we move on. I know Dan kind of has a list of, like, 15 teams here. I don't think we're ever kind of going to be going off the board with the, with these 15 teams for the rest of the year. Yeah. I don't think anyone else is going to get in the top ten.
3: Yeah, so really what these teams are is, like, they've copied over. And, yeah, so, like, when I copied over college football in the NFL, the other teams would be getting votes. So I just have to have their name here. Um, and that's just kind of how it worked. Like the Oilers throughout the year have had votes. Um, the Golden Knights, obviously. So they kind of just sit here until a new team comes in. But I like it to, to have them team. at the
1: bottom. I, I, yeah, I did too. Remember when the Oilers were number one? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Back no. at the beginning. I was just about to
0: say that. They're playing well. They're playing yeah, well. they are starting to turn around to Vander Kane, proving to be helpful. Yeah. yeah. NBA? Uh, NBA basketball. All right. Um,
3: really not a lot of change in the, in the NBA. Um, so the Phoenix sun's coming in at number one that is followed by the golden state warriors at two, the Memphis Grizzlies at three, the Miami heat at four Chicago bulls at five, Philadelphia 76ers at six, uh, the Milwaukee bucks at seven, Cleveland Cavaliers at eight, the Denver nuggets at nine and the Dallas Mavericks at 10. Um, I think the big notes, and as I read that out, I realized we actually do have a lot of change. Um, So the 76ers (laughs) moving up four spots, I think it is this week. They're currently 31 and 19, second in the East, actually. They're eight and two in their last 10 games and on a five game winning streak. Um, And then two teams that actually dropped out of our top 10, the Nets and the Jazz, Um, they're both three and seven, two and eight in their last 10, and both on five game losing streaks.
0: Yeah, quickly from my point, I'm just shocked at the jazz, like what's two and eight, really? Like this is one of the deepest teams in the league, most consistent teams in the league. Uh, So I'm shocked that they've lost eight of their last 10. I still had them in my top 10. I I still think they finished top four in the West. It's just a little skid. They'll overcome it. Um, But for the nets, like, I think there is reason to be concerned there with uh, the aging superstars. They have possibly James Harden's, desire to leave the Kyrie situation is obviously still somewhat unresolved what will happen come playoff times and such so I think there is considerable concern for the Nets but uh I'd still have the Jazz in my top 10 I don't know if I'd have the Nuggets at six perhaps seven
1: um I'll respond (laughs) to that uh I was I was ready I brought up notes here (laughs) just because I had a feeling I was going to be asked about this um their record doesn't really show, I guess, much, but they are 6-2 and two in their last eight games. Uh, for me, they have one of the best players in the NBA, and uh, excuse me, in the NBA, a legitimate MVP candidate in uh, Jokic. Um, you know, and their wins have been against, uh, they beat the Clippers, only lost to the Grizzlies by four on this run. They beat Brooklyn by six. They beat the Bucks by 36. Um, it's just a team that I think uh, is well-coached by Mike Malone. Uh, they play well at home, and and I kind of like how the role players are playing this year, and I think it's a team that if they can position themselves maybe in that four to five uh, seating in the Western Conference, I think that they could definitely win a round in the playoffs. Uh, like I said, um, a big reason for why the 76ers have so much success is because of MB. That's why they're so high, um, and I think Jokic is that guy, and I still think he is sometimes underrated by a lot of people.
0: Fair point on Jokic. Okay. Jamal Murray as well. I feel like he is extremely underappreciated around the league so so good that uh Gordon, series too. the series when murray and mitchell just went back and forth uh, all seven games that was amazing yeah
2: honestly um i think for me like i don't have too much thoughts on the power rankings but i'm just looking at the standings right now uh, the difference between first, so the Suns and the Grizzlies uh, in the West is seven and a half games. The difference between the Bulls and the eleventh place Knicks is eight games. So the East is extremely wow. tight. The first, the top five teams are separated by a game and a half. Um, so it was just cool to look. See, um, I don't know. I think these are fine. I like to see the
0: Cavs are back in there. They're yeah, so, keep, they keep doing it. They keep doing it. <laughs> I've had them in my top ten the last two weeks after a short hiatus. Yeah, so that's that's good to see. I said if they beat the Bucs, I'd have them ahead of the Bucs. Colin, you took our Dallas Mavericks out of the top ten. I did take our Dallas Mavericks out of the top ten. Uh, I put the Nuggets in over them, and I still had the Jazz in at nine. I put the Nuggets at 10. Uh, Obviously Evan has made a good case as to why they belong at least in the top 10. Newman you don't have them there. Um, I think the Nuggets have been playing well and to me it's like if I had to come down to like Nuggets Mavericks I'm taking Nuggets to win a best of seven. The roster is just so much better and I get Luca is an absolute superstar but he's not going to be able to do it himself in the playoffs like he can in the regular season. It's just tougher to get points. And it's harder to win games when you don't have depth scoring. I think Denver definitely has the roster. It's built for a playoff run.
1: And I, I, going off of what you said, I I think Dallas was disappointing in the playoffs last year in their first round matchup against the Clippers. I think a lot of people kind of picked them thought that they would get over uh, L.A., uh, didn't we're we're kind of a letdown in that series, so uh, I would I would agree. I think Denver in the best of seven would beat Dallas.
0: Fair,
1: although Luke is a stud, I'm not going to argue that.
0: Yeah, brackets, brackets, brackets. Right. Uh, let's just do the East side first, and then we'll move to the West. Uh, first round is uh, the one seed currently, Miami Heat would be facing the eight seed Toronto Raptors. Uh, I have Miami in five, nothing really more to elaborate. Uh, I have Miami in five as well.
3: Um, I had Miami in a sweep.
2: My notes have disappeared. Hold on. I have Miami in something. Miami mm-hmm. in
0: five, I think. Yeah, I don't think this one would be too much of a series. Miami's very, very good.
1: No, I can't pick them to get swept again this uh, year. I know. I think if they're oh, the Miami. one seed though, that's huge.
0: Miami and six. I found them. Ooh. All right. Miami and six. So four for four. Miami moving on. The next matchup. Current four seed Cleveland Cavaliers would be hosting the Milwaukee Bucks five seed in uh I think a Matchup nobody would have expected preseason. Uh, I do have Milwaukee advancing in six. I just think Cleveland eventually they are pretty banged up. If they were able to get Sexton back, maybe that would be a huge boost. And I would consider picking them, but just hard to pick against Giannis and that core in Milwaukee.
1: Yeah, I think you said it, Colin. I don't think you can bet in the first round against the team that just won the championship last year. So I'm going Bucks in six.
0: Damn, um, I. Okay, Dan, go.
3: Yeah, um, I've been lower on the Bucs, obviously. I uh, have them a little lower in my power rankings. Um, back at the 10 spot this week, but I am going to have the Milwaukee Bucks winning in six. I think the playoffs is just a little different, especially when Cleveland don't have as much experience as the Bucs do when it comes to the playoffs.
2: Yeah, I have the Bucs in seven. I, it's just hard to bet against
0: Giannis, who's playing at an MVP level once again. Uh, this would be a room uh, rematch from last year. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe second round number three, Brooklyn, or number three, Philly. Sorry. Hosting number six, Brooklyn. Did they play last year? Can't remember. I believe so. I thought I they did. So. Anyways, uh, I have Brooklyn in seven. This one was a tough one for me, but it's just like, can I really pick against Katie Harden and Kyrie like last night last year? I believe I did pick against them, and it did not go well for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to pick Brooklyn, I think, to at least make it out of the first round. In seven, uh, Philly's a formidable force, but if the three of those guys are playing, I see no reason why the next win.
1: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. I got Brooklyn all, uh, in seven. Uh, again, just can't bet against those three. We see what Katie uh, Katie's done uh, in the past in the playoffs. Just different animal. Hard to stop. And it's just really Embiid for me. On the other end, that scares me. So, Brooklyn. Um,
3: I have my Philadelphia 76ers winning in six.
2: I also have Philly in six. I think you guys are forgetting that Kyrie can't play in half these games.
0: No, <laughs> I get that, goes. but even still, Harden and KD, I'd take over. And oh, I know. And fill in the blank. KD uh, out for six weeks now, and who knows if there could be a setback? You never know. You no, know, it's fair. It's fair. I could certainly see Philly winning, so I had it going to seven. Yeah. Uh, the last matchup of the first round would be the number two Chicago Bulls hosting the number seven Charlotte Bobcats. Uh, this is an intriguing <laughs> – oh, I fucked that up, didn't I? What's their name? Now? What did you live in Charlotte 2013? Hornets? Yeah. Charlotte Hornets? The Hornets. Yeah. Fuck. You know why? Easier. I'm, watching, I'm watching One Tree Hill right now. And the main character got signed by the Charlotte Bobcats. So I've just <laughs> I've been living in the past. <laughs> um, anyways, I have Chicago beating the Hornets in six. Uh, it's kind of interesting, right? Because Chicago's has has the injuries right now. Ball's out. Caruso's out. I'm not sure if uh, Levine is back. Yes, yes, is back. Um, so they've had some injuries to the core, uh, but I still think they'll get healthy in time for the playoffs. Uh, Hornets are a fun team to watch, though, with all that young talent. So you never know.
1: Yeah. Quick shout out Miles Bridges for the year he's having. Yeah. I got Chicago in six as well. I just think they're too deep and uh, too talented uh, with the star power. Um, I got Chicago in five.
2: I also have Chicago in five. They are the worst uh, affected by
0: COVID this year. So it speaks to their depth that they're now in first place. Yeah. Very impressive. So I believe we would all have in the second round Miami, Milwaukee, and then Dan and Newman are gonna have Philly, Chicago. Evan and I have Brooklyn, Chicago. No, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. When it, yeah, shut up. Uh, <laughs> when it, when it comes to Miami, Milwaukee, uh, I have Miami in seven. Uh, this could be. I don't think it's gonna be a repeat of the Miami swept them. I believe during the bubble, right. <laughs> Milwaukee swept them a year ago. Yeah, but Miami had swept them the year before. And yeah, Miami went to the the bubble. Yeah. Um, I don't see it being a sweep on either side, was more of what I was getting at. Uh, I have it going to seven. I think two really deep teams, again, two pretty well matched teams in terms of star power. Uh, Miami just seems to have that that it to it, like they did when they went to the finals in 2019. Tyler Hero's having an unbelievable season after a pretty down year last year. Butler's been healthy. He's been playing really well. And larry has been an absolute perfect addition in the offseason. So I'll take Miami in seven.
1: This changes my – because I had the seedings wrong. So this changes kind of what I'm uh, doing a little bit here. I got Milwaukee – over miami and five i hate the matchup for the heat i just hate it i think it's probably the worst matchup that they could have interesting um i have miami in six
2: i have miami in six as well i think it's a great matchup you got a ton of shooters holiday can't cover them all and bam out of i was one of the best defenders in the league i wouldn't want anyone else on Giannis.
0: I agree with Newman. I think it's better suited towards Miami. You got Robinson, you got hero, Butler. Uh, they have anyone else of worth? I really think <laughs> I'm just saying that, that series um,
1: of what last year, I, I mean, I said, you know, Milwaukee would sweep them and um, you know, I just, I just hate the matchup. There's just something about this matchup that I just don't like for Miami. And, and well, I had crap. Miami beating cause I messed up the seedings. I had, excuse me Miami beating Brooklyn I just don't like this match
0: correct me if I'm wrong but Miami was without Drogic last year when they met in the playoffs I can't remember Uh, that's right which would have been a big loss at the time because Drogic was very good for Miami so I I don't think Miami was at full strength last year and I'd taken Laurie over Drogic easily I would too is
1: Middleton back I, I, I don't
0: know I don't know I we think don't think he will really be fall. back, yeah. I think he will be back. <laughs> I just, I just
1: remember the three-point shooting. Fuck the Heat in that yeah. series.
0: Fuck well, me. when it's there, it's there. And when it's not, it's not. Watch the fucking Boston Celtics <sighs> on any given night. Um, Choose not to. S- second round uh, on the other s- – not the other side, but the other second-round matchup. Uh, again, Evan and Iowa, Brooklyn, Chicago. Uh, I'm taking Chicago in seven. I just think they're too deep. Chicago in seven. Um, so my matchup
3: is Chicago, Philly, and I actually probably biased. I have Philly winning in six. I
2: have Philly in seven. I think oh this, team goes, this team goes as far as Embiid will take them. He's been outstanding this year.
0: So that gives us split. I don't even know who anyone has anymore. I have Miami, Chicago. Uh, I think this is going to be an awesome matchup. I have it going seven. I got Miami going. I really want to send Chicago, but I just think Miami, again, like the shooters are there this year. They have the pieces. They've done it before. Obviously, Spolstra has a ton of experience. Pat Riley will do whatever it takes at the deadline to make this team better. So I'm going to go with Miami as my Eastern representative.
1: Uh, So I got Chicago, Milwaukee. I'll take Chicago in six.
3: Um I have Miami Philly and again probably bias I'm going <laughs> with the Philadelphia 76ers in 6.
2: Oh god. Yeah, I'm not going to copy you anymore. I have Miami <laughs> at 5. I think they're going to lay the smack down.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah.
0: I don't, I don't think Philly matches up well against Miami at all.
3: Probably not, but you know, bucket
0: now, if they had a if they had a really good
2: uh, point guard defender out there, maybe they'd stand a chance, but he's <laughs>
3: You know what, with a crybaby that in the playoffs when he was underneath the rim and didn't want to shoot Mm. it and wanted to pass the ball, I don't know if that guy would win a freaking playoff game anyway.
0: Moving to the Western side of things, uh, first round would currently be Phoenix, the one hosting the Timberwolves, the eight, which may come as a shock that they are somehow in the eight seed right now. I'm taking Phoenix in four. It should be a walk in the park.
1: I'll say in five. Uh, Phoenix
0: and four. Phoenix and four. Next matchup would be Utah, the four hosting Denver, the five. About ba- a rematch of the battle I was referencing a couple of years ago in the bubble. I have Denver winning this in seven. I, I think at full strength, I thought Denver would have won that series. Uh, they didn't have Porter Jr. Obviously, they didn't have Aaron Gordon at the time either. Porter Jr. is out for the rest of the year, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So big loss, but obviously you have Aaron Gordon. Now I'm taking Denver in seven. I just think Jokic is going to be enough to carry them through.
1: I'm going Denver in six. I just spoke to Denver uh, earlier in the pod and I think Utah for the first time, even when they were at full strength, they've lost some games at home where they were almost undefeated in past years. I remember uh, the Kevin Porter jr. Three to win uh, for, a lowly Rockets team to go into Utah and win. That was something that just never happened a short year ago. Uh, so I got Denver moving on.
3: Um, I went back and forth on this, um, but I finally decided on Denver winning in seven.
1: Yeah,
2: I have Denver in seven as well. Same way they won in the bubble.
0: I think it will it will be a big loss for Utah to not have Joe Engels. He's a very underrated yes. part of that team. Uh, I think they could feel that very, very much in the playoffs. Next matchup, another interesting one, battle of two superstar point guards, very young superstar point guards. The three-seed Memphis Grizzlies would host the six-seed Dallas Mavericks if everything stays the same. Uh, I have Memphis in six here. I, I just think they're too deep, too good right now for Dallas's roster to handle them.
1: Uh, yeah, I got Memphis moving on. I said in seven. I could
0: very well see six.
1: Um, I think
3: this would be, of any of the possible matchups, one of the most entertaining matchups of the NBA playoffs. Um, it kind of sucks that it comes in round one, but I really love the matchup. Um, I do have Memphis winning in seven.
0: Yeah, I am Memphis in seven as well. <laughs> Look at you two. It's like me and Newman in the NHL bracket. <laughs> uh, last matchup of the first round in the West would be the two-seed Warriors hosting the seven-seed Clippers. I don't think the Clippers stand a chance. I have Golden State in five.
1: Yeah, I said Golden State in five, although that could be a swing. Uh Golden State in five. Oh, rats.
0: I have Golden State in six. Oh, come on. Darn. Uh, then we should all have – Phoenix, Denver, and Memphis-Golden State. All right. So I have Phoenix and six over Denver. Uh, I think it's a kind of a battle of two deeper rosters in the league. I just think, again, Phoenix has the experience. I'm, get, I'm taking Monty Williams over almost any head coach, really. Uh, and I couldn't even name Denver, so it's kind of embarrassing. Mike Malone. Yeah, Mike Malone. Um, I'm taking Monty over Mike. I'm taking Paul over Murray. I'm taking Jokic over, or sorry, not Jokic. I'm not Booker. taking, I'm not taking, you're taking Booker. I'm not taking Aiden over uh, Jokic, <laughs> but I'll take Booker over him for sure. Uh, yeah, I got Phoenix in six. This is the worst
1: matchup for Denver. I said in five Phoenix, it could be a sweep. This is just a nightmare. For, this would be a nightmare for them. Um, I also have Phoenix in five.
0: I have Phoenix in six. The other matchup of the Western what do they call this round in the NBA? Divisional still or no? It
3: would like be like
0: quarterfinals. Quarter It's fucking so dumb. <laughs> no, I, mean, I guess it'd be conference.
3: It would be the conference semifinals because conference, conference
0: final. Fuck the NBA, dude. Uh I have Golden State over Memphis in six. It's just garbage. Like pick a better name. The Tostitos
1: I have- <laughs>
2: divisional rounds.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh i got golden state in seven i i would not shock me if memphis won this series though
0: so i have memphis winning this series wow Wow, anything behind that or just a gut feeling Um,
3: it's a gut feeling and i've kind of felt this way um it was like a month ago i put a poll out there that said can memphis make it to the conference championship or whatever they call it in the NBA, nba conference finals um, and it was like, a lot of people said no. And a lot of people are like Phoenix and Golden State could obviously make it, but I truly feel in some way, Memphis is going to make the conference uh, finals, uh, whether that's beating Golden State or beating Phoenix. I just have a good vibe about this uh, Grizzlies team, um, kind of started the year slow, but then just started the rattle off wins. And it's led to however many wins they have right now. I think they're at 35 wins a third in the West. Um, I, I just really like Memphis and I think they're going to make totally the uh, conference finals.
0: And Dan, I will say uh, something us sports fans always allude to. Is it just feels magical around the Memphis Grizzlies this year. Morant has stayed healthy. He's been unbelievable. He, everybody loves to hear him talk off the court. So confident. And he's just fun to watch. Like, they do have that special feeling to it.
3: Absolutely. And I will say, like, Golden State kind of does have that similar vibe. I mean, you get Clay back. Curry's playing out of his mind, or at least he was at the beginning of the year. Um So two very good teams. Again, another very entertaining matchup, but I do have Memphis moving
0: on. I have the Warriors, baby, in six. Nice, Newman. Uh, So that means three of us have Phoenix, Golden State. Dan has Phoenix, Memphis. Excuse me. I have Golden State over Phoenix in seven. Excuse me again. I think these two teams match up really well on paper. You have Ayton and Green battling down low, Wiggins and Bridges on the wing, and then a battle of two superstar guard duos in Clay and Curry, and then Paul and Booker and their respective benches, which are both fairly deep. Um, So I think this is going to be a great series if it were to happen. In my opinion, I don't think there are two better teams in the league. Uh, I think whoever goes on to win this series would win the championship uh spoiler alert i have golden state winning uh, um, i think this something is just a, a great matchup i mean phoenix doesn't even have double digit losses yet this year which is fucking absurd i believe they're 42 and 9 41 and 9 something just ridiculous like that um again like dan said it just Clay coming back, it just feels like a picture-perfect story to the Kerr Curry-Thompson green era in Golden State, and perhaps maybe their last run. I mean, who knows? Draymond's getting older. They have the the younger pieces, but will they pan out in a tough West?
1: Uh, I'm taking Golden State as well in seven. Uh, I just think Curry-Thompson, like you alluded to, Colin, I just think that's too much in of itself. I thought the Suns showed uh, kind of their weaknesses against – uh, kind of in that series against the Clippers, even, uh, where they were kind of worn down. And then in the Bucks series, uh, I, I think them not being able to close out the, the Bucks, even when they were up to one, like you, you, you were in control of that series and, and they, you know, they lost three in a row. Uh, so for me, I just didn't like that. That left a sour taste in my mouth. So I have the Warriors. Um,
3: I do have Phoenix winning in seven. Um, I think as much as I like Memphis's chances, um, I think Phoenix is just too talented. Um, another very entertaining uh, series. I think we're going to see a lot of entertaining playoff games from the West, but um, Phoenix is just having a great year.
2: I have uh, Golden State in seven. I, as much as I want Chris Paul, like he needs to get a ring before he retires because he deserves one. Um, I just feel like Draymond Green is the most underrated player in the history of basketball. He is the reason that the Warriors won those championships, and he's playing at an unreal level again this year, despite how old he is. Um, And so I just – I don't know. I just like the Warriors' matchup, getting Klay back,
0: well-coached to go far. So I have them in seven. I think Draymond is – kind of the reason the Warriors have even been competitive for the last like eight to 10 years. I know obviously Steph Curry, like you had that superstar power, but Draymond behind the scenes, I don't know if I could give a more important athlete in in any sport, like in terms of a locker room guy, I know that team just rallies around him constantly. He's fucking very well respected. He tells the truth. He tells it how he sees it. Uh, I, I think he's a great fucking player. I mean, eight, eight, and basically eight this year uh, points, rebounds, and assists. So when, when you have those kind of numbers, there's certainly not Russell Westbrook triple-double numbers. But to average that as a, as a undersized forward, 31 years of age, it's just very impressive. And what he does off the court to me is even more important. That's all I got. Uh, so finals, do we all have Oh, three of us have Miami – Two of us have Miami, one as Chicago, one as Philly. And then three Golden States and a Phoenix. All right. I have Miami-Golden State, as I said. I have Golden State winning. Seven-game series. I think Golden State is going to kind of avoid playing a lot of games in the first round, similar to – I guess they would actually play the same amount uh, in my predictions, but – I think they'll both be fairly well rested come this series is more what I was getting at. So I think it'll be a pretty fair fight again. I think they match up really well. Um, bam and Draymond absolute beasts on the defensive end. That's a very fun matchup to watch. You have Steph and Laurie, uh, battling at the point, um, Jimmy and clay slash Wiggins, whoever they decide to put on him. And then you have Robinson and hero, uh, playing from the the shooting guard slash wing position for Miami and you know pool coming off the bench for golden state. So again, I think they match up really well. I just think golden state. So there you here.
1: Uh, I <clears throat> excuse me. I got golden state as well uh, over Chicago in seven. I think, you know, there's still some time with the trade deadline, but I think the bulls really need to address their power forward position after uh, Patrick Williams went down earlier in the year, that's kind of their one position uh, that they haven't really seemed to figure out. So I would love to see them be aggressive and, and maybe go get somebody to be all in this year. I think if they do that, I would pick them in this series, but until then the Warriors just are too deep and too good.
3: Um, So I have Phoenix and Philly um, and I have Phoenix winning in six as much as I would like to pick my sixers to win. Um, but I mean, Phoenix, just too talented and like, <clears throat> Uh, Colin you said earlier I mean 42 and 9 it's a crazy record to have at this point in the year so uh, I think this is finally Phoenix's year
2: um so I have Heat Warriors and I have Miami actually winning in six um Jimmy is one of my favorite players ever uh he's awesome I feel bad all that drama that followed around he's like the coolest guy in the league um he was on the JJ Reddick podcast like a year ago. It was fucking awesome. I don't know. I just – I feel like they have so much depth. And, I mean, the Warriors do too. And, like Scully said, it's going to be a fucking battle at every position. Uh, but I just feel like the Heat, they want it. I don't know.
0: I smell an upset. I have Heat in six. I could there. totally see Miami winning. Just two – like the past ten years, uh, could you think of more winning franchises in the NBA than Miami and Golden State? No. I can't. Definitely. It's a great battle. I it would it be, be an awesome, awesome series. I might actually watch that.
1: <laughs> I think if this were to be a series, I would probably have to go with Newman. I think Miami's ability to shoot the three uh, and kind of respond that way with Bam down low. I just I, I like that match for Miami.
0: I mean Golden State shoots the three pretty fucking I good know. too. I but, know
1: they do, but uh I don't
0: know. imagine if Golden State had wiseman. Like they're doing this all without him. He was a beast down the stretch last year towards acl or meniscus or something but he was a beast down the stretch and in the play-in tournament too so yeah he was fucking good him and curry are cheat code dude uh anyways let's get to awards so as i said earlier our mid-season review so these would be our predictions for our award winners uh if the season were to end today is how i did them uh start with mvp We'll take the same order as we did in the brackets. Uh, My previous MVP pick was Steph Curry at the time, and uh, about a quarter through the season, it looked like he was fucking locked in for MVP. Kind of has lost his touch a little bit since breaking the three-point record. He's gone a little cold. Uh, My new MVP MVP pick right now, and it pains me to say, uh, but it's LeBron James. I mean, what he's doing right now, is spectacular. What he's doing right now is just spectacular, dude. Let's fucking go. Dude, he's like 35. He's got he's averaging 37 and 7. This team is ass. Like Russell Westbrook sucks. Anthony Davis can't stay on the court and the rest of them are like smoking weed washed up as fuck on the bench. Like this team is ass cheeks and somehow LeBron has kept them a little bit of float in the West, which has been, I know Newman said the discrepancy between first and third is pretty big, but the rest of the West is fairly close. And the Lakers have hung around despite the injuries. So to me, like, I hate it, but LeBron's got to be my MVP right now. Wow. Without, uh, him, without awesome. him, without have, him
1: there in 12th place. Well, I understand that. Um, let me tell you, because I am just curious of what the odds are for his MVP. Uh, plus 8,000. So you can hop on that plus 8,000 if you'd like to. Uh, I'm going to stick with my original pick, uh, which is Joel Embiid. I know Newman had the same one. I would hope he'd stay with Embiid over going to LeBron in the plus 8,000. Um, Embiid, plus 200, best odds. He's had such a good last two weeks. I mean, he's putting up incredible numbers for them. Uh, I think he went from like plus 3,000 to plus 200, and in, in, like I said, in two, three weeks. Um, you know, He's doing terrific things with Philadelphia.
0: And you know
1: he's doing what they're asking of him. No Ben. So
0: Dan, if I could just cut you off before you go, uh, great point, buddy. But over the next two to three weeks, it could easily fall back to plus three thousand, and my guy <laughs> Lebron climb right up there. So
1: uh, never say, thought I'd hear you say, "My guy Lebron." You, you can't rely on the betting odds. Well, I listen. Uh, if Newman wants to back you, I know he's a Lebron lover. Let's see if he backs you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um. So I don't have previous award winners because I was not on for the NBA pod that we did, um, or at least the in-depth one. But my winner as of right now would be Joel Embiid. Uh, No bias. Um, I think just what he's done (laughs) as of late has just been – he's been spectacular. Um, I I forget what the stat was, but it was like whatever five-game stretch he had, it was just 40 and up. Um, So just absolutely ridiculous and kind of carrying the 76ers team right now. And that LeBron pick is so tempting.
0: Uh, <laughs> Come on, Newman. Join the train, buddy. You know you want to. I bet he I'll would keep, if I'll he keep. didn't have him in the first place. You got to stick with what you
1: yeah. said.
2: Well, I didn't realize I had him in the first place. I didn't go back and listen to these things. But that's okay because I have him now as well.
0: <laughs> I I honestly thought he did have LeBron, to be honest. but
2: We'll have to go back and listen. No, I thought he I had, had him beat, it, I heard. I thought I had Jokic, but I, I guess wow. I didn't beat. Good pick by me. Um, yeah, <laughs> since he had that little stint on the COVID list, uh, when he returned from COVID, the, the Sixers were 10 and 9, and now they're, they've are they gone 21 and 10 since. Um, so he's been balling. He's averaged 31 points, 11 rebounds since his return. He's a beast. But I feel like this award's up in the air. I feel like, unfortunately, the rest of the awards are pretty chalk. Um, this
0: one is actually interesting, mm-hmm. luckily yeah um, but i have beat i would him. agree uh, next on our list is defensive player of the year uh i picked the preseason or mid-season pre-season, since it's mid-season yeah. now uh i'm gonna switch to rudy gobert it's just like uh, he's averaging 15 boards two and a half blocks hard to not pick him. uh as much as i honestly think like other players are plenty worthy as well but uh it seems like kind of one of those awards where if you win it once you win it back to back you could easily go on a run like selkie awards in the nhl
1: it's really what it feels like that's a good comparison with the selkie i think the same guys seem to always be in it and uh rudy gobert is like the patrice bergeron he's always at the top of the list i said um anthony davis who uh, (sighs) um so i'm switching to rudy gobert um plus 150 right now best odds I think that's pretty safe um, again, don't have
3: a preseason prediction, but I currently have Rudy Gobert. Um, he has won Defensive Player of the Year in 2018, 2019, and 2021. And yet, none
1: of us picked him on the preseason one. I know. Shame on us. Shame on us, honestly. <laughs> Did I really
2: not? I feel like I, uh,
1: you I had like Bam us. out of bio.
2: Fuck. Um, <laughs> well, here's the thing I have Draymond Green. Um, The Warriors have the best statistical defense of any team in the last five years. And I think Draymond's a lot of part of that. And I went and checked because he won the award in 2017. He has identical numbers to his 2017 year. So I'm going to, I'm going to pick him. He can guard the one, he can guard the five. I don't think any other player in the league can say they can do that. He's just unbelievable what he does for that team. So I will back him.
1: Uh, Second best odds at plus plus one sixty behind go bears. one fifty.
2: Well, I didn't look at the betting odds, I
1: did my own rethinking. <laughs> I I don't know shit about the NBA, so I have a quick
0: quickly. Out. Um, I think there are maybe two other guys who could guard the one and maybe the four, maybe not <clears throat> the five, but I think Giannis is capable, and I think also, uh, hurts to say, Ben Simmons is also probably capable in the defensive end, but yeah, Newman, I agree, like the. The availability of a guy like that in this kind of league is zero to none. I mean, Draymond's amazing. What's the fucking smirks for you, too? Yes. Your nice.
3: UNH internet is back.
0: Ah, uh, <laughs> damn it. It wasn't laggy really for us on our end there. So it's fine. You, it's fine right now. It's just. You catch anything nothing. I said? Yeah, Egg. it was just like a 10
3: second lag where.
0: Gotcha. But you're fine now. Sweet. Uh, Next award I have, Rookie of the Year. I had Cade Cunningham sticking with it. Was averaging, I didn't even know. 20, 20 points, five boards, five assists. It's a great rookie year.
1: Uh, like I said, I am so out of touch with the NBA right now that I really had to use DraftKings uh, to kind of tell me who is doing what this season because I have not been following along. Um, I had Jalen Suggs at the beginning of the year. Uh, I'm switching to Evan Mobley. Um, Cade is a good one, uh, mobile right now, minus 300, uh, on DraftKings. uh, 15 points per game this season, eight rebounds for Cleveland. He's really kind of taking uh, a lot of that offensive, uh, production that obviously Sexton had when he went down and, and it really does help. I think that the Cavs are sitting where they are in the Eastern conference at what fourth place. So I think he's been a, an instrumental part in, in their success this season. Um, I did go
3: back and forth between Cade and, uh, Evan Mobley. Um, but I think I'm going to go with Cade Cunningham to win rookie of the year. Um, numbers wise, they're kind of identical, obviously Mobley has uh, more rebounds, uh, just the position that he plays, but, um, I I think I just had to give it to Cade, um, coming in this year probably as the favorite. So I'll, I'll, I'll just stick with that.
2: Um, I went with Devin Mobley. I'm glad that DraftKings backs me up because I just went and looked through the stats. <laughs> uh, he, he's third amongst rookies in points, first in rebounds, and he's sixth in the, le- in the fucking league in blocks. Um, wow. I think he's I'm he's annoyed. got a fighting chance to make an all, uh, all-NBA all defensive team, so I, I think he deserves
0: uh, the award. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's impressive. I looked at uh, NBA.com and I saw the top five at every statistical category. So oh, I just missed fuck it. Fuck NBA.com. <laughs> I tried to use that today. It was so bad. It's a shit website. I had to go back and forth from ESPN. I just ended up searching up guys that I was interested in picking. Um, next award on the list, most improved player. Uh, I had DeAndre Ayton, quite a flop in terms of a a pick there for me. Uh, My new answer is DeMar DeRozan. I don't know how this guy can't win it. He's up five points per game uh, since joining the Bulls. More rebounds, more assists per game. He's playing fantastic. The Bulls are sitting in first place. Uh, I think DeRozan would be the clear-cut most improved player. I think he might even sneak into the MVP consideration at some point this year
1: a good one i didn't really think of him um i don't know what his odds are uh i went with uh john morant um i didn't really know that he only averaged like 18 points last year he was
0: hurt last year
1: yeah, I mean, he's still in the games that he played, I mean, 30, uh, 31 minutes per game. And yet he was only uh, averaging uh, eight, like 18, 19 points per game. And now to be up around that 26 uh, to 27 mark to be leading this Memphis Grizzlies team that no one thought would be where they are right now. Um, I think he's an instrumental uh, part of their success. So seven plus points per game this year. And that is he's just developed into a complete superstar this year. So for me, it's jaw.
3: Um, I agree. I also have jaw Morant. Um, just kind of, like you said, um, how the Grizzlies are doing this year and obviously being injured last year and coming back and doing what you're doing. Um, I feel like it has to go to Jaw.
2: Yeah, I have Jaw as well. Um, Bonkers. he's added, he's added 5% to his, his, his free throws, his three pointers and his field goals. Um, all of his stats are up and he's had an MVP caliber season. I would like to throw out Miles Bridges name since no one through
0: his name, yeah. there, I think he's he's a good contender for this as well. Yeah, certainly. I, I think those are probably the finalists. No, I, I think like the thing we about tell you the thing about De, uh, Demar Derozan and John Morant is I think they could get into the MVP talk if they up their points per game a couple. Like they're not that far away. Both teams are very high in the standings, which usually plays a role. So, I think that would be interesting, Evan. While you look. Uh, Our next award, six Man of the year, most definitely my worst pick here, Kobe White. Uh, I haven't heard his name once all year for the Bulls. Um, My new pick, Tyler Hero, is averaging 20 points, five boards, five assists off the bench for the Heat. Been instrumental in their run to the top of the East. Um, He's having a fantastic year. I don't think anyone else coming off the bench is putting up numbers like he is. So you can't even find his odds, can you?
1: They seem to be more than plus one hundred thousand.
0: I
2: th- I found them. They're what minus they? six fifty. I looked earlier. The Rosen? Clear, oh no, sorry. I thought you were talking about Tyler Hero. No.
1: Oh no, I was yeah, I was referring to Terrose. I can't even find him on the thing. Um this is six men. Yeah. Yeah. Um had Jordan Clarkson at the beginning of the year. Not sure what's up with him. Uh yeah, hero for me. I didn't even know he was the sixth man until just today. Me neither. <laughs> He yeah. seemed good enough um, to be a starter. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kind of like
3: Evan, I, I have no clue who a sixth man would be in the NBA right now, so I had to go look at some sports book. Um, so, And I'm also going to go with Tyler Harrow. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, this one, it's not even close. This is Tyler. A <laughs> Yeah, I literally I was curious. So I went and checked the odds and he has great odds. And then the next highest is like Ubre 1600. And then Jalen Brunson yeah. is plus 5000. I saw. Yeah. So I was like, it's
0: it's over. Yeah, it's not even a race anymore. Lastly, we have coach of the year, uh, Nate McMillan, I really we struggled on these picks, yeah. I mean, Atlanta has fucking flopped this year. What a failure their season's been in the eyes of many. I, th- I think most people had them top five in the East. So uh, my new award winner, kind of a two-horse race, maybe three. Uh, mm-hmm. I have Billy Donovan here, Chicago Bulls head coach. What they've done in the offseason, uh, they've turned that into a ton of success this year, obviously. First in the East, they've overcome a number of big injuries. Obviously, Newman pointed out they've been the worst affected by COVID this year. Uh, I wonder if that has to do anything with playing in the city of Chicago. Dirty, dirty city. Uh, dirty city. Dirty. Um, but anyways, yeah, I'm going Billy Donovan. Uh, he's already won it once as the Thunder coach. I, I think he's a great coach, very worthy of a second.
1: This, to me, was by far the toughest award to kind of come up with. Uh, I think it's a four-person race. I think uh, you got Monty Williams. Uh, in Phoenix, you got uh, J.B. Bickerstaff in Cleveland. You got Taylor Jenkins in Memphis and then Billy Donovan with Chicago. Uh, I went with um, Monty Williams. Uh, he finished second last year, uh, which was the smallest margin of victory since the current voting format was introduced uh, back in like 2003. Uh, so I think he really deserves. When he lost to Tom Thibodeau last year, like get this man like his first ever Coach of the Year award. To have, only have nine losses as Dan and Colin have referenced uh, at this point in the year. I mean, he he deserves to get one, even though there's so many other good candidates this year.
3: I agree, um, in the sense that I think Monty, uh, Monty, sorry, is it Monty Williams? Yes. OK, yeah. that's what I thought but I just I just blinked right there. But anyway, I agree that he's a good candidate and he was the guy I was considering with who is actually my pick here. But I'm going with J.B. Bickerstaff. I don't think any of us expected Cleveland to be as good as they are um, and where where they could actually finish the season with home court advantage in the first round. Um, I th- think that says a lot about his job in Cleveland. So I think he has to be the coach of the year.
0: Real quick, Newman, like, Bigger Biggerstaff's a guy that's, like, bounced around. He's been a bunch of interim head coaches. Has never really stuck as a head coach. That's a great one, Dan. Uh, and you mentioning him, Evan, like, sure. he's done a hell of a job. Very impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I agree.
2: I think it's a good pick. I think um, Spolstra over in Miami also deserves a lot of recognition for getting that roster all put together. I'm going with Taylor Jenkins with Adam Mbis. I mean, he has his team third in the West. I mean, they were on a tear. They lose John Morant. No worries. He leads that team into an 11-2 and record while Jaw's gone. Jaw comes back, and they're right back on track. I mean, I think he deserves a ton of credit this year for, for Memphis's success.
0: Yeah, a lot of great head coaches. Yeah, a lot of great head coaches this year. Uh, Next on the agenda, a little football talk for our clubhouse fans. Don't usually talk much football on here. Uh, If you're interested in our football talk, head over to the gridiron podcast. A little plug. Uh, um, But the Brian Flores lawsuit. I think this is all something we were pretty fascinated about yesterday. We had a long discussion in the group chat. Uh, So for those who don't know, Brian Flores is suing the NFL um claims of wrongful termination of his contract by the miami dolphins uh claims of bribes offered to him by the miami dolphins owner uh, claim claiming Racism, I believe that's the word we're going to use yeah. against the New York Giants and Denver Broncos. So a plethora of things being claimed by Brian Flores. Uh, he did a big media tour today. Went on ESPN, Mike Greenberg show. I saw a clip on there it with was, a couple yeah. lawyers.
1: He was on uh, CNN, CNN with John Berman. Same lawyers as well. So yeah, he had a media trip to, for him today. Yeah,
0: he's been all over the uh, the media world today. Um, my thoughts here are: I think he has a legitimate wrongful termination case against Miami. I think the evidence is pretty clear cut. Ross is in the wrong. He was doing bad things. He was trying to get Flores to break the rules. Obviously Flores, a man of very strong character to reject uh, an upper management position of his telling him to do things like that. Uh, No doubt. I think Brian Flores deserves another job in the NFL. I will say that Uh, regardless of this lawsuit and how it plays out. I think he's a hell of a coach, very smart football And just a great dude. I think he's a great dude, and he's worthy of a job. Uh, That being said, I think the rest of the lawsuit, fairly shaky. Your thoughts?
1: Um, So I have some thoughts on this. So first of all, I think we could all probably agree with this, that the Rooney rule is an absolute fucking joke uh, by the league. I think it is like it really is that bad. I mean, implemented in 2003, and it's just I I don't understand it really at all. so, for me, I do think he has a gripe with some things. I think if you look at kind of some of these past firings, I think Cully's firing was uh, made no sense. I think um, for his own firing made no sense. We remember Steve Wilkes uh, with Arizona that one year he was fired. Um, and I think you could kind of make the comparison. I think Matt Rule probably should have lost his job. Um, and right now there are some really good candidates. I mean, Flores, Leftwich, Aaron Glenn, um, Leslie Frazier, Todd Bowles, B Enemy, Demeco Ryan's draw Mayo, Raheem Morris, Jim Caldwell, Vance Joseph, Patrick Graham, like these are legitimately strong, strong, strong candidates who have worked in coordinator roles and, and have been head coaches previously. Um, Most of them. And so far in this current wave, we've seen um, five white uh, candidates have been hired so far uh, and no African-American head coaches. And I look at, you know, Harbaugh coming back. We'll get into this on the gridiron tomorrow. I don't like that. And, I, and I'll go into my thoughts on that tomorrow. I think there were coordinate, coordinators uh, in the NFL right now, uh, African-American ones uh, who should have been given looks over him. And the league is 70% black. There's one black head coach and zero black owners. Uh, so I think the NFL has a legitimate problem. And I admire the change that Flores is looking to instill. I think the lawsuit, it has some shaky parts, but I think there is a serious problem with this in football. Um, and, and again, for the five, I really hope that an African-American coach gets hired because I just named off a list of several good candidates that should uh, be looked at for head coaching jobs. So that's my thoughts. I agree with everything
3: yeah I do as well um I mean obviously when we kind of talk about head coaching hirings um it's like we just did our predictions it's who do you see as the best fit um and when I feel like we made those predictions a lot of us including myself it's like we left out Eric the enemy as good of an offensive coordinator as he is because we're just so accustomed to like, uh, he's not going to get the job because it's been so many years now that he's not gotten the job. I mean, I know a guy that really, I kind of look at it and it, It's kind of the embodiment of this system. Not working is Jim Caldwell, not having a job. I mean, this guy in Detroit, Detroit of all places actually had winning seasons and was fired and you see what they have been. So I, I don't know how the NFL, like, the Rooney rule is put in place to give the opportunity to minority coaches to at least get the opportunity to interview. And if you get rid of that rule, I don't know what you could put in place other than telling a team to legitimately just hire African-American or any minority head coach. I, so I don't know what fix the NFL can really do. Um, to, to fix this, cause like we said, there's many candidates out there. I believe there's a lot of coaches that are minorities that deserve a job. Um, it's just a shame and I have to give all the credit to Brian Flores and I've kind of seen seen it a lot on Twitter he's probably tanked his coaching career by trying to make this big of a change in the NFL Um, it it just kind of makes the league look bad the owners are probably going to now blackball him and it sucks because he's a very talented head coach Um, I believe he does deserve another opportunity Um, if not as a head coach, I would love to see Bill Belichick bring him back as a D.C. I don't know how that would work with Mayo, but I think Bill Belichick, that type of guy, get him uh, his career uh, up and running again. Um, but, I mean, all the credit to Brian Flores, doing what
1: he's doing. I mean, he, he may not have a career anymore. Yeah, before Newman goes, all great points, Dan. I think, like, you, if if you get rid of the Rooney rule, I think then it kind of, kind of exposes the owners. Like, if you're not going to interview – I always a couple of those candidates, like very qualified people that I brought up and that you brought up. If they're, if an owner is just going to bring in all white, it's just blatantly obvious. obvious. So, right, just let the actions speak for themselves, I think.
0: I mean, real quick, I I know we've all kind of gotten to talking Newman hasn't yet, but you think about guys like Mike Zimmer, Adam Gase, like both not good head coaches that hung on to jobs. And then Gase got another one after. Like with Miami, yeah, it's just and the Jets like it's it's yeah. ugly for these guys to hold on to jobs for so long. Even in my opinion, Pete Carroll should have been fired years ago. I, I don't think Seattle has been very good since they went to the Super Bowl. I get the roster quality's not been there, but like, what is he doing that's keep, keeping his job? Like, I just don't get it. And yeah, there are plenty of guys, plenty of white guys that are qualified, but I just. The, the, the numbers is just so staggering that you, there's no other way to explain it than it must be they don't want to hire black people. It just doesn't make any other sense.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the running rule has its place, right? You know, minority coaches can get their foot in the door and it encourages teams to, you know, move Minority coaches through their ranks because if they get hired off their staff, they get a third round pick for Christ's sake. So that's pretty like awesome. Um, and I think with the Flores situation, it's like it's a sticky spot because when you hire Joe Schoen as your your GM who's buddy buddy with Brian Dayball, we all know that. And then you go and interview Brian Dayball, we all know he's gonna get the job. And then you just it's seemingly interview Flores just to satisfy this rule. I think it would have made more sense if you felt like Hiring Joe Sean makes Stable your your lead candidate. You should have interviewed Flores first um, and say, see if he would change your mind. And then you interview your lead guy last uh, and do it that way. So I think the rule has its place. Like the, all these minority coaches you guys have mentioned, they should theoretically with this rule be getting interviews every year. And I mean
0: – they Well, they are. Getting, they're just not getting the jobs.
2: Exactly. They're not getting hired, which is another issue. But I, you can't – you can't change the rule to say oh, you have to hire one now because maybe they aren't qualified and now you're forcing teams to do that. But I think the rule has its place. I mean, it's in this situation, it's, it didn't work because I mean, we all knew Dave was going to be the coach, but it's, it's a shame that it worked out like that way. And Flores, his
0: career is probably over. I think another thing too is like, Oh fuck. What was I going to say? Oh, like, I feel just so badly for Brian Flores, like, Bill Belichick, of all people knew Dable was getting the job three days in advance. Like, I I, number one, I didn't know Belichick and Dable were very close at all where Bill's going to text him privately to, to congratulate him on getting the job. And secondly, like, where's Bill getting that information from out of New York that Dable's already gotten the job? Uh, So you just got to feel for this guy, like, you know he he gets that text and then 3 days later he walks into the interview and it's just like he knows it's a waste of his time and it's just a formality like i can't imagine how that feels to be brian flores on the other side of that it's just it's fucked up it's fucked up and and going off of that i think too it's like you look at
1: uh the incident that he explained with the denver broncos i mean when would an owner be an hour late to a head coaching interview
0: <laughs> hung after, over
1: hung over i mean it's like Never. We never would think about that. Like you, if you're going into an interview, you expect the interviewer uh, to be on time and, and to take the interview as seriously as you are for all the work and, uh, that you put in and uh, because you want that job so bad. And I think, you know,
0: I can't imagine being in,
1: in his spot and having that happen
0: um, and being like, like, are you kidding me? Like I wait an hour. He obviously knows he's not getting the job if they're an hour late. Like, just fucked up. I think we're getting
2: Rivera's been around for a while, and then Cully Anthony Lynn was with LA for four years or so. So like they're there, but they're so sparse, and they don't they don't get retained. I think is the big problem. Yeah. They give them a chance,
0: and then they let them go after like two seasons. The other and, thing and, like, is like I mean... you, you name like Anthony Lynn. Yeah, he had like a couple winning seasons, but not a very good head coach. Uh, Cully, I, th- I think was deserving of another year. Say, obviously, same with Caldwell. They fired him back-to-back winning seasons uh, for the first time in a long time for the Lions when they fired him. So it's just like it's almost like like you're going out of your way and you're hurting the franchise just because you don't want these guys in these upper positions. It just doesn't make sense. Like this guy's winning you football games. He's bringing you money. Fans are coming every week. I, I just it doesn't make any sense to me. And look at uh look at Andrew Berry in Cleveland. That guy's a genius. And he
2: built a fantastic roster. Like it's they can do it, they can do the fucking
0: job. Yeah. Well, Minnesota decided a black GM from Cleveland.
2: And he sounds
0: really smart. Like, yeah, I, I think they're gonna be great. I, I don't get it. I mean, obviously all the owners are different, but just like on the Stephen Ross aspect. How many owners like with Hugh Jackson coming out and I know you guys kind of said maybe that's bullshit, but there are other coaches that are like making noise. I think Flores knew this might have been coming when he announced this lawsuit. Like, what do you think the possibility is that this is not like just a random occurrence? This happens fairly frequently.
3: It definitely happens like. I won't say a lot, but like, if you know, you're going to be a really bad team, there's definitely the conversation of, and especially like, let's just say Trevor Lawrence in the draft um, or somebody like that. Like there's definitely the conversation of tanking in the NFL. I mean, it happens in every sport I feel um, to the level of an, of an owner telling his coach that he'll pay him an extra hundred grand to lose. I mean, that's kind of a, a weird scenario I feel. Um, and it sounds like, uh, obviously in Miami that's a legit case and I I guess Hugh Jackson I said I'm kind of skeptical of it but um, he says he has evidence to, to show that this actually happened so maybe it's a real case um, well then like Hugh Jackson is incriminating himself taking bribes so yeah, <laughs> I mean
2: there's look definitely... at that you look at that guy on Hard Knocks when he was with the Browns that guy is full of shit he was
3: a terrible coach
1: he's a weirdo oh, he really yeah. is a weirdo yeah. Yeah.
3: I want like there's definitely a conversation like, Hey, we're already ass. like just keep doing your thing. Um, don't mess it up type thing. But like, even for Cleveland, like there really was no top prospect that they needed a tank for. So yeah,
0: they took Denzel that, Ward for, for yeah, God's sakes. Like
3: that situation's their own situation. But I the mean, other
0: thing, sorry, Dan, I don't want to cut you off. The other thing about no, Ross is like when you go to the extent of a hundred thousand dollars, they lose 16 games. That's 1.6 million. Like he is it's clear, like, he knew Flores' character was going to be hard to compromise or Flores's will to win. Like, it's just, it's so obvious that he was doing bad things. You think he gets pushed out as an owner?
3: It will be interesting. I mean, if this goes to court and, like, the evidence is pretty damning, I wouldn't be surprised if the other owners are like, all right, you're now the one making us look bad. You need to sell the team, which I don't know how, like, I guess it would go to a league vote on how I don't know how you remove an owner in the NFL. I don't know what the protocol is there. I'd assume it just comes down to a vote and the 31 other owners are like it. Screw you. You're, you're ruining the shield. Um, But like if I really think if the evidence is damning, he has to leave.
2: I just want to know, when he brings uh, Flores out on that yacht with this premier quarterback, I want oh, to know who this guy it is. It was
1: reported to be Tom
0: Brady. Yeah, it was yeah. reported to oh, it be was? Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. I don't God. know if that's true. That's the <laughs> year he entered free agency. That's what Shepherd
1: said. I, I, I don't know. I did see that tweet.
0: 2020, Tom Brady became a free agent. Did sign with Tampa Bay. It would make sense why he was down in the area at the time. Who else was a free agent that year? There's definitely other quarterbacks. Phil. They definitely brought Phil down to to sign
3: Miami. (laughs) There's no shot he brought Phil down.
0: I kind of wonder if maybe Deshaun Watson could have been it as well if he was trying to maybe get Deshaun to sign off on getting traded to Miami if Ross was maybe asking Flores to sell him on the idea of playing for him. I guess, but like, I don't
3: know.
2: That's the only other guy I could think of.
3: Because Flores would love to play with Tom.
0: I feel like he wouldn't want to meet with Watson. Well, the yeah. other thing – well, Flores and Tom, like they already have a relationship. There's no need for Flores to be tampering with him like that during the tampering well, period. It was more of
3: – because like how NFL contracts work, it's like you're not allowed to talk to an impending free agent until like that March date when it's the like, league It's usually year. like March 17th. Yeah, something like that. Like they have the three day tampering period, which is stupid in itself, because that's just free agency that but so like, right. I guess when this happened, it was like m- months in advance before that tampering period. So it's like if you get caught, like you're going to lose draft picks. And somebody yeah. like Brian Morris is probably like, we're trying to build a successful team.
1: We can't be doing that
3: yeah it seems like this ross guy just has no he's a fuck yeah
1: my message to stefan ross
3: he's a fucking clown clown piece of shit like go take your money a couple words on the pod uh, a couple weeks ago that had to be edited i think uh (laughs)
2: oh yeah i think i think he's a great guy for not listening to flores and drafting tua i am so appreciative uh, for not listening to your
0: coach Uh, literally like Flores did everything right for this organization and he gets fired. Like it's fucking garbage.
3: And it's very weird. I sent the uh, thing in the chat this morning, like they're supposedly their two candidates now are Kellen Moore and Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel. That's I love Mike McDaniels.
1: I'm sorry though. I'm I think young every- ass white everyone <laughs> that I name is older and I think more qualified. They've had more experience experience as head coaches in coordinator roles. So I, uh, it, I don't know. Like, are, are we gonna see um an African American get hired as a head coach this period? I mean, who? So six. So assuming Miami hires McDaniel or more, then it's like that's six off the table. Which I'm shocked it's that New none Orleans have been New Orleans and what? New Orleans and um New Orleans, Houston. Jacksonville. Which
3: Jacksonville is a mess. And then um Houston. left with no, hired there. But it does not What's seem like – What's up with
1: Lefkowitz? Why hasn't why he gotten a job? I thought it, it was reported. It seems like he was the
3: favorite.
0: Now all so of a the sudden whole... they're not interested.
3: Yeah, so I, I what I've seen is the holdup in Jacksonville is that obviously Shad Khan wants to keep whoever their GM is right now.
0: And, Lefwich, Balky, and... Ted Balky.
3: Yeah, so leftwitch wants to bring in his own GM, Adrian Wilson, Um, which I'll be honest – you being a rookie head coach, bringing in your own GM, like, yeah. I, I don't know how, like, that's a pretty big demand to make as a rookie head coach. I can understand why Jacksonville is hesitating, but at the same time, like, that GM
0: shouldn't even be there. So, what do you have? I was to just going to say, my rebuttal to that is, like, why does that guy still even have his fucking job?
3: Like, and again, it's like, okay, now you're also bringing in a, a rookie GM. So, I could see why Jacksonville's hesitating,
0: but um, for
3: Belichick.
1: the other
0: jobs, it, like,
1: but it's not Houston, like he could fuck up any worse.
0: Yeah, like the Bucky oh, yeah. just drafted Etn uh, in the first round when they had a thousand yard rusher. Like, what the
2: fuck? He drafted he drafted Trevor Lawrence,
0: dude. Yeah, <laughs> dude, my fucking my dog could have drafted Trevor Lawrence with the first. Bill
1: game. Belichick's dog could have. Yeah. yeah, like what
0: the fuck? <sighs> fucking garbage.
3: Um, like the other jobs. I give the most faith to the New Orleans, New Orleans. jobs, yeah. um, their owner. Um, Isn't she a woman? I forget.
1: She's I, great, yeah, I forget yeah. her name,
3: but it's a woman. Um, from Sean Payton's press conference, yes. Um, it seems like she's a pretty sweet lady. Um, maybe she makes the right move and goes after an African-American or minor- more, yeah, minority coach. Um, it doesn't seem like they'd be the, the type of organization to make that, like, it seems like Houston is definitely, even though they hired Cully, it seems like from the start they knew they're going to fire him, so they didn't care. Like it seems as though Houston is not going to be hiring an African American or minority head
0: coach, which like at this point is such a bad look, right? Like if you're the last team's left right now, I almost feel like you got to hire a, an African American. They're at qualified. One of those teams. I mean, they're qualified. It it, it just becomes ugly now. You if don't you want to do it
2: for don't. for showbiz though. Yeah. They're, they're, it's got to be one of those guys yeah. off the
1: list.
3: Yeah. If oh, I'm well. KC honestly, I feel like best for the organization is like let's say you have another bad year, just tell Andy Reed retire and you immediately promote Eric Ganemi. Mean, I feel like yeah. that would be the best case. So I kind of wonder
0: if maybe that's why he's been hanging around. I don't think that's
3: it. Cause he's definitely interviewed for these jobs. And even Andy Reid has said, this guy's qualified. He calls our plays. Like, I don't know why he doesn't have a job. Like this guy is definitely trying to be a head coach. Now, obviously we've had our conversations about his off the field stuff that's happened, but I mean, that's the pass in the league show that they don't really care. So when it comes to the head coach, it, it, I don't know why that would all of a sudden become an issue because you, you signed Kareem hunt who's kicking women and stuff. So
0: literally, you hire Urban Meyer with the felon team in Florida. Like the <laughs> character doesn't matter these fuckers. The felon um, team. You guys don't know like that I think it was like 2010 yeah. or 2011 yeah. team, like 41% of that roster is either convicted felons or <laughs> <laughs> went on to be convicted felons. Like it's, that's ugly, dude. It's like yeah. 40 dudes out of 130 in the Wi-Fi shit. There
1: you go. <laughs> I'm frozen. <laughs> okay. what
2: the fuck is up now? I think we should oh, have a oh weekly segment God.
0: called. Holy shit. <laughs> it just came back. Really? We were frozen it's for time like 30 to rant, seconds. Actually. It's time it's to time rant. rant. Let's go. Yeah. All right. I haven't done a rant in a long time. Uh, oh, this is uh, five minutes ago. Juju headed to free agency, would be interested in going to Dallas. Not sure they can afford him, but.
3: <laughs> Can't. He's, he said the same thing. He wanted to go to Kansas City. It's not happening.
0: <laughs> Anyways, my rant. Uh <laughs> Here we go. go I'm just I'm just gonna go, and we'll see what happens. So, as everybody knows, Tom Brady just retired uh, a couple days ago, uh, and he posted this nice long message on his Instagram, eight pages worth of nice messages. And the cover photo was an image of him, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers jersey, at Gillette Stadium after they beat the New England Patriots Week Four in Foxborough this year. His homecoming, nonetheless. And these eight slides, they're very kind. He's thanking many, many people, all of whom are related to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or himself personally somehow. No mention of Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, the men who drafted him, the New England Patriots fans who cheered for him for 20 years, loved him like an icon. <laughs> The Patriots fans that went on to go cheer for him in Tampa Bay hoped he'd win another ring right <laughs> off into the sunset, maybe even two. Only dreamed that he could possibly <laughs> come back to New England, maybe play again, at the very least sign a one day and retire a Patriot. But no, none of this. Just a measly Instagram story shout out. An Instagram story shout out made up of seven words, I believe. Thank you. A Patriot Nation, love you all, something like that. It's fucking pathetic, man. I mean, I know I sound like an asshole thinking I deserve something from him personally. It's not me I'm speaking for, it's the fans as a whole. We worshiped this guy. We loved him at every turn, every interception, every lost playoff game, all the bad. We took all the good, certainly, but we loved him with all the bad. I mean, this guy, you can't fucking give. A little recognition to the New England Patriots, even to Mr. Kraft, the guy who drafted you, who probably loves you more than he loves his own son. I mean, let's be honest; he, yeah. he kisses this guy, he gives him hugs all the time, he doesn't he loves him. Uh, it, it's just it's really disheartening as a Patriots fan. And that's all it because My two minutes are off. But Almost what's petty. up with this?
1: What's up with Brady's Bruce Arians fetish? He's in love with that guy.
3: He's not Bill. He's nice, he's chill at practice, probably. Let's Brady does whatever he wants. Um, uh,
0: by cool the way, site. I have a prediction on Bruce Arians. I think he retires. Whoa. I think he goes. You guarantee more it? I think he retires. I think Tom's done. Right Rob now? Gronkowski's certainly done. Right now. I'm not gonna I guarantee it. it. Fuck off. Uh, maybe that
1: one in a while, but
0: I certainly think he, he his time is coming. He has health issues, he has the Achilles issue right now. I, I just think he's not going to want to be there for another QB rebuild. And they have a lot of free agents, just a lot of turnover oh, for an older guy. like
1: he, uh, Jim Garoppolo, I think Dan had something to say. Yeah, I just want to
3: point out you brought up the whole post thing. Um, he definitely went out of his way to find this picture because it's like one of the bl- it's like really blurry. Like, he went out of his way to find a picture of him at Gillette. Like, Mm -hmm. you would think that there's a clear picture, but, like, on Instagram, on Twitter, like, this is a blurry picture. He went out of his way to find a picture of him at Gillette when they won.
2: I told you, Tom's
0: petty. I fucking love it. It's awesome. Literally, like, this is a guy I fucking love. You like, still
1: post about him on your story, oh, even did. after he, he sent out the, uh, the post and the, uh, the Instagram story message. No. I, it's not like you're changing I'm any not, of your love. I
0: still love him. I still love him, but I fucking hate him also. What an asshole. Well, I mean, the, I the think,
1: counter-argument real quick before Newman goes, the counter-argument is he gave us six championships, all great memories. What do What does he owe us?
0: Nothing. The, I'm just saying that's a counter-argument. The Tom Brady that we all know in New England and love in New England would have given us a shout-out. Things
1: are different now. I know both of them have something to say.
0: I think, I think you're just
2: jealous because Phil gave us a daggummit and a thank you when he retired, and it
1: was daggummit. beautiful.
3: <laughs> um, Off-topic from Tom Brady, but we were just talking about the Brian Flores lawsuit. Uh, Jerry Jones, very influential amongst the owners, has made a comment on this lawsuit. Oh, he no. Said, he oh, no. he said, I can see it's an era, one of many, that we can do better. So, And who helped him to write that, his grandson? Jerry, Jerry's, <laughs> the, <laughs> Jerry, Jerry's the worst of them all. <laughs> yeah. So it seems as though Jerry Jones, who does not have the greatest past when it comes to situations Grace. like this, possibly, yeah, race. Let's um, just say race. Yeah, when it comes to race, race relations, um, <laughs> but it seems as though maybe he is changing his tone, as maybe it may affect his pockets.
0: So well, since he doesn't, does, yeah.
2: <laughs> since they haven't had a black on, or a coach in like a hundred
0: years, I saw the other day. I think he's got to show his mouth. I think but he's also very- nervous about the woke left coming for him.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and with that, lend we'll the pot. <laughs> Catch Catching us on Clubhouse Combo. Waiter. Peace. (laughs) Put your tears away. No fear today. You can drive off towards that summertime sunset. Sweat, spray, turn dead. Take the keys, leave the regrets. Write your letters, place your bets. I'll be the one who accepts.